0: Hello and welcome. I'm so glad you're here because I've really been looking forward to sharing this particular podcast with you. I'm Pam Christian, the host of this podcast known as Faith to Live By, and each week in preparation for the message, I seek the Lord to inquire what He wants us to do, especially in light of these strategic times on God's timeline. We know God is involved, He's engaged in what's going on, but He's really having us wait. I mean, this past year plus has really been testing our faith. We've endured countless conflicting reports for months now, and the blatant control of media with social media giants removing any communication that's not consistent with their agenda has only aggravated matters. I know a lot of people are really upset right now, and I bet you are too. I suspect you feel as I do. I mean, I have a sense of frustrated expectancy because I'd far rather the Lord had already intervened to relieve us from all this corruption and lies. I long to see the promised victory in our land. And I know many of us have interceded, consistent with Second Chronicles 7.14. And now we're in a time of waiting. When seeking God for what He wants us to do in this time of waiting, I really believe God is saying we are to stand. We are to take a stand, just like I talked about last week. He wants us to keep focused on the truth. He wants us to remember that He is faithful and just. And He hears and answers our prayers, especially when we pray with humility and repentance. So we must take our stand, utilizing the full armor of God, and stand ready with God's angel army. He is about to act, and we need to be ready. God has actually been preparing all of us, all of his people, for this very point in his timeline for several years. Looking back on my life, I can see God began preparing me for this time beginning early 2012. I was reading an article by ABC News with the headline, quote, Americans are surprisingly flexible about matters of religious faith." Well, I thought I'd read that we don't mind having people of different religions living in our country, but that's not what I read. Instead, I read that Americans are taking different tenets of different religions and creating a quote-unquote religious faith of their own preference. There are even names for them. Buju for Buddhism and Judaism and Chrislam for Christianity and Islam. As I read the article, anger welled up inside of me, knowing that people in positions of influence and power are promoting this practice. They are actually advancing deception on innocent people. This create-your-own-religious-faith is nothing short of idolatry and rejection of the one true God. I was outraged, and my heart broke at the same time. I sat down to write what I thought would be an op-ed piece in response, and while I was writing, I heard the Lord say it would be a book. Now, you have to understand... In the past, when people would say, Pam, you're going to write a book, I would completely scoff the prospect. But in that moment, while my fingers were flying across the keyboard without hesitation, I said, okay, Lord, I'll write the book. Then, while I was writing the book, I heard the Lord say, it will be more than one book. And again, without hesitation, I agreed. Well, that first book is titled, Examine Your Faith, Finding Truth in a World of Lies. It was initially published in 2013, and it's been revised a couple of times since then. I'd never written a book before. I didn't know the process. I didn't have good help when it came to editing, so revisions were needed. Little did I know, when I wrote that book, how important it would become for many, many people in the world today. With God revealing so much corruption, so much evil, so much lies and deception that we have been subject to for so long, today people are starved for the truth. Examine Your Faith, Finding Truth in a World of Lies has excellent reviews and endorsements, and I don't say that to flatter myself, but for you to know, it's meeting the needs of people to discover and live with a confident faith based on truth, bringing people to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Also, many Christians who've read the book have commented that they've acquired a better understanding and reasons for the various aspects of the Christian faith, and that allows them to share their faith more confidently. In the book, I explore the claim that truth is relative. I explore the popular claims that all roads lead to the same God in heaven. I consider the tenets and origins of the five major world religions and New Age to demonstrate all religions are not equal or equally valid. I also explore the miracle of the Bible itself and so much more. It's really a great book that helps people confidently discover truth and the hope truth provides. I hope you'll get a copy. In fact, I'll have a link in the show notes to make getting the book easy. No one likes to be lied to. No one wants to be deceived. And gratefully, since early 2020, people have been waking up to the fact that we have been deceived on nearly every level. We've been played and duped by people in government and media and other positions of influence. Lying and cheating are evident and are increasingly being done out in the open without any shame. The whole year leading up to the presidential election until this very day, we have been seeing how we've been intentionally misled by those we are supposed to be able to trust, who are supposed to represent us and protect us, seeking our good, instead of their own self-serving agenda. Aren't you sick of it? Isn't it absolutely incredible what's going on today? And not just with government and media, but all the seven mountains of society. Religion or church, uh, business, family, arts slash entertainment, and education are also infiltrated with evil agendas intended to overrun the rest of us who believe in truth, justice, and the American way. Well, guess what? God got sick of it, too. God has drawn the line and He has extended His right hand to expose the corruption and the evil and bring truth and justice to His people. Prophetically speaking, this year of 2021 is a foundational year. It's a year where God is reestablishing the foundation of our country and other countries around the world. Isn't it deeply gratifying to see people in other countries rooting for America, wanting to see truth and justice prevail here, and also wanting truth and justice and freedoms in their own countries? God's people all around the world are being asked by God to take our stand. People worldwide have awakened to the fact that we have been lied to, deceived, and oppressively controlled for many decades, maybe even centuries. You know, there are people who have lived to acquire wealth and power with the mindset of lording over those who are not considered the elite. There are people in high positions of leadership and power and influence who have been intentionally leading the rest of us on a journey for their own advancement, consistent with their self-serving agenda. These are people who do not have the fear of God. They think they are in charge. They think they are serving to advance their own agenda, when in reality, they are advancing the agenda of the very enemy of God. As I've said many times, we are in a war between good and evil. And I know there are many people who have been deceived into believing that there is no God, there is no Satan, no heaven, no hell, These people think those of us who believe in a literal God, a literal Satan, heaven, and hell are deranged. They think themselves enlightened and that we are deceived when in fact the opposite is true. What we are experiencing worldwide is just the logical outcome of the mindset of people that I read about with that article by ABC News. The same way I was angered and my heart broke then is how I feel today looking at people around the world. God has drawn a line, and he has taken quite a while to expose evil and corruption that's all around us, but he is doing so in his mercy. God is taking the time he has taken so far to reveal corruption and evil, to give people time to see it for what it is and to choose whom they will serve. Will they stay on the side of evil or will they repent and turn to God? And it's so important we understand this. What seems to have been a prolonged time, a delay of justice, has actually been God's mercy, allowing the eyes of many people to be open to the truth and the reality of His existence, so they can repent and turn from their wicked ways and be spared the judgment God has been administering and will continue to administer in greater measure in the days and the months ahead. Our friends and family members who have not been serving God, who may have even openly claimed God doesn't exist, are actually being given extra mercy in these days because God is love. It is God's love that compels him to do all possible to bring everyone into his eternal kingdom. As scriptures reveal, God does not want anyone to perish, but for all to come to eternal life. It's so important that we each one discover and live in life-giving truth, and that we are able to share the reason for the hope that lies within us with our friends and family. Taking a stand for Christ, taking a stand for truth, means living it, demonstrating it, and sharing it every chance we get. People are starved for the truth, and those of us who have the truth must be able to effectively share the truth with others. God is setting us up for a time of a great harvest of souls, and Jesus commissioned each and every one of us to be actively engaged in His kingdom work. Frankly, the reason the world is in the grave condition it's in is because the church has failed to do what Jesus commissioned us to do, We as Christians are being given yet another chance to wake up to what's really going on all around us and to take our stand and make a difference, make a kingdom difference. We must be engaged in the effort of bringing the Lord's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. These are truly exceedingly exciting times to be alive. God has already dispatched His heavenly army. There is a war going on in the spiritual that we are experiencing in the natural. The increase of prophecies being uttered is like never before. Everything is ramped up. As the prophetic voices of God are given, the enemy of God is seeking to kill, rob, and destroy as much as he can. During this time of God strategically having us wait, God is graciously giving us prophetic encouragement, strategy, and direction so we can stand expecting God to act according to His will, character, and revealed intentions. God is graciously giving us prophetic encouragement, strategy, and direction. We need to hear the voices of the prophets and properly discern what God is saying. God speaks to us through prophecy and His written word to give us encouragement and hope to revitalize our faith. And, of course, the enemy who masquerades to deceive proclaims false prophecies to mislead God's people. This is why the onus is on us to discern what is truth and what is not. The responsibility for hearing God and responding to God is on each and every one of us individually. Then, when we collectively take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and we decree and we declare, we will see more and more victories and the enemy of God pushed way back. Don't be despaired by what you're seeing, but be intentional by what you hear, and be deliberate to act on the truth, and together we will see God's miraculous intervention on our behalf in ways we have never seen before. You know, last week, we explored our weapons of warfare, and one that wasn't included that I really want to highlight at this time is worship. The weapon of worship could possibly be the most powerful weapon of all. And as I sought the Lord for this particular podcast, I realized, yes, we're in a time of waiting where God wants us to take our stand. And if we will worship Him while we are standing, we will experience the peace, the comfort, and the confidence we need during these difficult times and the enemy of God will be pushed even further back. Worshiping God in the midst of our greatest need produces miraculous results. Consider the night the Apostle Paul and Silas were in jail, as we read about in Acts 16. They had been stripped and beaten with rods and severely flogged when they were thrown into the prison, and it wasn't to sanitize jails and conveniences like we have today. They were thrown into the inner prison, the deepest, darkest part of the dungeon, where there were no doubt rats and worse. Anyway, the Apostle Paul and Silas's feet were fastened to the stocks, and as we read in verses 25 to 34, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had all escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Then the text reveals the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sir, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, he and all of his household were baptized. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. This is just one example of the power of worship. Consider the Old Testament story of Jehoshaphat when Judah was being invaded by the Moabites and the Ammonites and some of the Meunites. Some men came to Jehoshaphat, informing him that a great multitude of men were on their way to invade. Scriptures explain that Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah and had all the people from all the cities of Judah to seek help from the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly in the house of the Lord and proclaimed the following. O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all kingdoms of all the nations. In your hand are the power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God... Drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham your friend. And they have lived in it, and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now behold the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Ser On behalf of all Judah, Jehoshaphat clearly submitted himself to God in worship and declarations seeking God's help. At the same time, all of Judah stood before the Lord with their wives and children. All the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping him. In verse 19, we read, And the Levites of the Korathites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Consider, Very much like us today, the entire nation of Judah was fearful, with a very real potential of being taken over, and they responded by seeking God and worshiping Him. The next morning, scriptures reveal, Jehoshaphat appointed people to sing to the Lord and to praise Him in holy attire as they went before the army, and they said, Give thanks to the Lord, for His steadfast love endures forever. Then in verses 22-23 to we read, As they sang and praised the Lord, they were successful in battle, even seeing their enemies turn on one another. Not one of their enemies escaped. God worked through them to destroy them all. And in the aftermath, God's people acquired the spoil, which was significant. In verse 27 to 30, we read, They returned to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord made them rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets, to the house of the Lord, And the fear of God came on all the kingdoms of all the countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Notice, they sang expecting God to work in their behalf. They worshipped God with expectation He would help them. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Imagine what would happen in our nation if all of God's people began to worship God. Aren't we fearful of our enemy overcoming us and changing the course of our nation today? Yeah. Our most excellent weapon is worship. Worshiping God is a demonstration of our genuine submission to him and recognizing him as the one true God who is all-powerful, loving, and merciful, who promises to help us in our time of need. Can I get an amen? It is our expressed faith in God that he is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do that allows us to see him move in our behalf. Expectant faith is essential if we want to see God work in our behalf. Our expectant faith must be expressed through worship of various types as we are actively engaged in the battle in whatever way the Lord leads us individually. For me, it's writing books and airing this podcast with a heart's desire to encourage, equip, and activate more and more of God's people. At the very least, with this podcast, I want to see you start to worship God more often and in different ways than you have in the past. Our individual worship will be collectively received by God, and we can expect to see Him move miraculously in our behalf. So in this time of waiting for God to work in our behalf to answer our prayers, we are to stand, stand firm on who God is, and we are to worship God. C.F. Sharrow is the author of an article titled, Warring Through Worship. In the article, he wrote, Do you think of worship as a hushed, reverent time when your heart turns to God and His love while soothing music plays? Well, that's one aspect, and a lovely and important one it is. But do you ever think of worship in terms of warfare? He continues, One of the best phrases I've heard to differentiate praise from worship is simple. Praise is thanking God for what he's done, and worship is thanking him for who he is. Praise honors his deeds, and worship honors his person and character. End quote. It's a good article, so make sure to get the link to read it in its entirety from my show notes. Prayer is one form of worship. By simply praying, we are submitting ourselves to God, acknowledging Him for who He is. Anytime we agree with what God says about the circumstances and speak His words back to Him, we are warring for His kingdom will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are basically praying according to His will, and we have the promise of Scripture that whenever we pray according to His will, it shall be done. We see that in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Worship is sacred, worship is holy, and worship is warfare. William Temple wrote, quote, To worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to feed the mind with the truth of God, to purge the imagination by the beauty of God, to open the heart to the love of God, to devote the will to the purpose of God, End quote. Isn't that great? I love that. Worship of God can be expressed in a variety of ways, singing, shouting, praying in the Spirit or with understanding, meditating on God's Word, applause, and a whole lot more. Richard J. Foster, the author of The Celebration of Discipline, A Path to Spiritual Growth, wrote, God calls for worship that involves our whole being. The body, mind, spirit, and emotions should all be laid on the altar of worship. The Bible describes worship in physical terms, too. The Hebrew root word for worship is to prostrate. The word bless literally means to kneel. Thanksgiving refers to an extension of the hand. Throughout scriptures, kneeling, lifting the hands, clapping the hands, lifting the head, bowing the head, dancing, wearing sackcloth and ashes, and so on. Foster offers some practical steps to help us in our worship of God, which I'll summarize right here. First, we need to practice the presence of God, which is to look for God in all matters and circumstances. Second, we should utilize many different opportunities of worship when we are alone, when we're in church, or when we're in small groups. Third, we should find ways to truly prepare for the gathered experience of worship, deliberately focus our hearts and minds on Christ. Fourth, approach worship with a willingness to experience the power of the Lord. Fifth, we need to cultivate a holy dependency. We need to recognize and intentionally be holy, surrendered to, and dependent on God. Sixth, Absorb distractions with gratitude. Instead of being annoyed, learn to conquer the disruption, maintaining the spirit of worship. And seventh, learn to offer a sacrifice of worship, which is to worship when you don't feel like it. I think these are good guidelines, so I'll have a list of them a little bit expanded for you in the show notes. Authentic worship, says Foster, will impel us to join in the Lamb's war against demonic powers everywhere on the personal level, on the social level, on the institutional level. Jesus, the Lamb of God, is our commander-in-chief. We receive his orders for service and go, conquering and to conquer with the word of truth, returning love for hatred, wrestling with God against the enemy, with prayers and tears night and day, with fasting, mourning, and lamentation, in patience, in faithfulness, in truth, in love unfeigned, in long-suffering, and in all the fruits of the Spirit, that if by any means we may overcome evil with good. End quote. For the genuine Christian, kingdom warfare is a lifestyle, and worship is warfare. At this time, I ask you to join me in just a couple minutes of worship. Caleb Brassi is a talented Christian pianist who joins us with his music to help us take just a couple moments of worshiping the Lord together. That song, I love you Lord, is one that I have sung many times to the Lord expressing my heart through the lyrics. I'll have the lyrics for you in the show notes along with the contact information for Caleb Rossi. You can learn more about him and enjoy much more of his music. He's really quite talented and has several albums that provide some of the same sweet anointing we've just experienced. So what I'm hoping for us to realize today is the power of agreement, the power of unity. We've had more than a year now where our nation, and the whole world for that matter, has been gripped in fear. This is a form of the power of agreement that fuels the enemy, and we've seen the advances the enemy has made because of it. What we need to deliberately turn and do in this hour is worship God and expect to see God act in our behalf as He always has when His people worshipped Him in the past. I hope this podcast has blessed you and encouraged you to become intentional about your every opportunity to worship our Lord, knowing you are not only pouring out your heart to him, but you are actively engaging in spiritual warfare in partnership with Jesus and all the heavenly angels and all the Christians in the world for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're living in exceptional times, and I agree with many of the prophets that we will see God move in ways we've never seen before. We are in the time between Purim and Passover when I expect we will begin to learn of many events that have already taken place but were not publicized and we will experience other events God has planned. When God began His judgment against the Egyptians in rescuing His people, the Hebrews, as we read about in the book of Exodus, God's people were spared. It was judgment upon the Egyptians, not judgment upon God's people. And with the final plague, God's people were spared because they had placed the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost of their home. So I pray for all of us now that we indeed have placed our faith in Jesus Allowing the homes of our bodies and the homes in which we live with our loved ones to be fully protected, being covered by the blood of the Lamb through faith in Jesus. Looking ahead, I want to know that I'm serving you, that you are really getting from me the hope and help you need. Very few of you have contacted me, even though I've asked you to. I truly don't want a one way conversation with you, so please contact me with questions or input or topics that you might want me to cover. You can email me direct. At Faith to Live By at PamelaChristianministries.com, and you will hear back from me personally. Next week, we'll begin to explore the best ways to share the reason for the hope and truth we have with others. Many people are soon to come into the kingdom of God. There's a great harvest of souls on its way, and we need to be ready to disciple them and help them understand how to live in their newfound faith in Christ. You know, many people have suffered considerable financial losses this past year with the many restrictions imposed upon us due to COVID-19. If this is you, I really want you to know about Ed Torres, who is my personal financial planner. When it comes to our future, we need to gain God's wisdom and work in partnership with God to fulfill His plans for us. And having a good financial plan is essential. When it comes to financial planning, one-size-fits-all isn't a fit at all. Ask Ed Torres, a team member with the financial advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Ask Ed about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. It's a personalized, flexible, step-by-step approach toward financial balance, so you can feel confident about the future as well as your wants and needs of today. With the Confident Retirement Approach and a one-on-one relationship with an advisor, Edward Torres will help you live life and saving for tomorrow in a way that's right for you. It's what financial balance is all about. So call Ed today, 949-250-3210. Offices are located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They are licensed in many states, so I'll have a link for you to his website in the show notes. And I encourage you to contact him for a free consultation. As I said, he is my financial advisor and a wonderful Christian man that I personally recommend. In order for me to produce my podcasts, I need support of my sponsors and listeners. I never ask you to give to my ministry direct, but I do ask that you avail of the services and products you find in my show notes. And in that way. I'll receive some much-needed financial support. If you liked what you heard today, let's connect beyond this podcast. Consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will also make you a preferred member, where you'll receive special announcements and offers not available to others. With so much going on every day, let's also connect on Facebook at faith by TV, on Twitter at PLChristian, and on LinkedIn at PamelaChristian. Also, be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there is a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. And again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring you is how you can support me, and it would be really appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel and helps people know how to best apply their Christian faith. Also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to this podcast so you are sure not to miss a single edition? And lastly, visit my page for this show at faithtoliveby.com, where you can learn about and take advantage of the special offers available to my listeners from my sponsors and partners. Faith to Live By is a business owned and operated by Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we'll learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pamela Christian asking you to please remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.